because you know, you know that if this moment can get captured, that you will have a triumphant moment. What's up? What's up? It's your man, B. Holmes, back with another episode of Doors to Success. I'm super excited about today's episode. I've got something I want to talk about. Really excited about this. All right. So I've been wanting to share this for a long time. I'm going to get in my storytelling mode, but this is where I lay out the B print, which is me teaching you how to knock, open, and conquer the doors of success in the avenues of your life. Um, last episode, I kind of went through and read some of the social media comments, the negative comments, how I handle it, what my thought process is. And it got me thinking, it got me thinking, you know, how, how do you overcome obstacles? How do you fight through negativity? How do you do it? And when do you do it? Right. And I was thinking through my life, you know, this is actually like one of the really, really core foundational principles of the B print. This is what brings it all together, okay? And it's going to be found and defined and discovered in this story. I call it Hilo Crashes in Barcelona. Before we start, I want to thank our unofficial sponsor, Red Bull, for making it possible to keep this nectar flowing through my veins. We're in the beehive here, talking about the bee print, drinking the honey. That's my green Red Bull. <laughs> and, and I am getting dirty text messages in the form of fruit and vegetables <laughs> from my lovely wife. Love you, babe. You're the best forever. I love you forever. Is this, a, is this a crazy story? I will share this. I'll share this another time too, but let me tell you something. So I had known my wife for almost a year, but we had never had a full conversation and that will be another story for another time. But when I saw her, she flew out. So we'd only had one conversation and she flew from Texas to Utah to come spend a few days with me to see if this was even legitimate, right? And when she flew, she flew out, I was waiting for her at the airport. I'm 21 years old. She's 18. And she walks off the airplane. And I'm standing there. She walks by me. And she didn't recognize me because I had a hat on. She'd never seen me with a hat on. She'd never really seen me up close anyway. And I said, hey, gorgeous. And she looked at me and goes, huh? And she just threw both her. She dropped her little roller bag. And she threw her arms around me. And she's like squeezing me super tight. And she goes, I'll love you forever. And I said, I know you will. Because I'll love you forever too. And that's, that's where it began. That's, that's the story. That's actually, that's the, the ending of the story we will tell next time. But that's a little fun ending to the precursor. So whenever I text my wife back, I say, Love you forever, gorgeous. So you know now, the world knows now that I will love my wife forever. She'll love me forever. So here we go. Hilo crashes, Barcelona, pigs, all the good stuff. 
You know what? Also, too, who loves a starburst? I love a good strawberry starburst, you know? And they just love that sound. You just know you're getting some goodness. You know, um, I was needing something to keep my mouth a little moisturized. I thought that would sound really funny on the microphone as well. Hope it, hope it, hope you guys all want Starburst now. Hope your mouths are salivating for Starburst. <laughs> all right. Let's get in this. I wrote, I wrote a lot of this out because I didn't want to miss something, okay? Normally, I freestyle, and I do it, and I'm going to shoot from the hip on a lot of the stuff, but I think it's important. My words need to be exact. And I want to tell the story in a way that you wouldn't miss something. Because if you miss something here, it's no good. So, a couple more seconds. Let this Starburst dissolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And we're done. Some Red Bull. That's a horrible treat. You know, I hope my man, Louis Gucci, you better not be watching. He's my, he's my nutritionist. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to kill me. Hide the evidence. <laughs> They're all laughing. All right. Okay. In life, no matter what you do, no matter who you ha- are, you have got to earn your job every day. And those of us that know what this means, those of us that have been through it and know how to be victorious, those of us that have been through what I call helo crashes, learn in any situation, you now look, you look for the disaster. You are like the firefighters. When the fire is going, you are running towards the fire because you know, you know that if this moment can get captured, that you will have a triumphant moment. You want You want the horrible situation because you know you can shine. You know that the bigger the problems that you can solve, the bigger the paychecks, right? I had a mentor tell me that once. The bigger the problems, the bigger the paychecks. And if you can go figure out how to solve bigger problems, you're going to get bigger paychecks. And that's so true. I think about my life, my career, and as I started solving customers' problems, you know, I was making sales guys commission, sales guys money, which is great money. And then as I started to solve the problems for the customers and the sales guys that were selling the customers, paychecks went up. And as I started to solve the problems for the executives that managed the sales guys that brought in the customers, my paychecks went up. And as I started to start my own companies that were solving the solutions and creating the systems for the sales guys and the customers, paychecks went up. So when the fires happen, you want to run towards them. And this is why. Opposition Just stop complaining and manage it better. Opposition? What is opposition? Stop complaining and manage it better. James the Iron Cowboy Lawrence. So recently I watched a movie called Zero Dark Thirty. Now this recounts the story of the killing of Bin Laden from the USA CIA perspective. There's a scene in there that um, really resonates with me. Okay. And it really hit home with what I've experienced in my career in sales. 
And I'm sure you've felt the same way at, at some time. So basically the scene is where the SEAL team is getting ready and they're all in the helicopter. They're loading in and they're heading into enemy territory, right? Set the scene. And the commander hops in, the general gets in. And the general says, all right, before we take off, quick safety breaching, or sorry, quick safety briefing. Has anyone in here been in a helo crash? And everyone raises their hand. He says, good, I'm with the right group, let's go. And I was like, damn, yeah, 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 that's what's up. Like I was so excited because you know that if that's, if, if, if I have been through crap, if I've walked through miles and miles of pain with people and they've walked through pain too, if we've gone through the same things, they got my back, I got their back, we're ready to go. Who's been in a helo crash? You? Yes. You're my guy. Let's go. So now I look for people that have been through helo crashes. Uh, another person, a mentor of mine, Eric Thomas says, if you want to shine like a diamond, you're going to get cut like a diamond. Expect it. If you want to shine like a diamond, you're going to get cut like a diamond. Expect it. So in my 10-year solar career, I've experienced more helo crashes and diamond cutting experiences than most Okay. And in the last eight years, I've experienced more than I have in my entire 15 year career combined. I look back fondly on the hard times and sacred experiences. And I wear these hard times like a badge of honor or a war victory of merit that I share with pride. One of my favorite victories was shared with some of my closest friends. Big shout out to my main man, the Grizz. Jed Wentel. Jed's been my right-hand man and been my go-to and had my back for almost the last 20 years. I'll have other stories about Jed. You'll know all about Jed, the Grizz, we call him. The Grizz. Also, shout out to Taylor Baker, one of my most honored confidants. Spencer Craig, Dan Riddle, and Brandon Lewis. That group of gentlemen right there will always have a place in my heart for honorable soldiers of war that have earned purple hearts for going through this experience with me. Twas the winter of 2014. Seriously, though, it was a damn disaster. Those of you that remember, uh, this was right after Hurricane Sandy had hit the East Coast. Florida got you know demolished, and this has gone up the east. We were in New Jersey, and it was there was snow banks that were almost shoulder height. Okay, we had hustled really, really hard because Blackstone had just come in, and we had started the company Vivent Solar, and they had taken some of us from the company Vivent uh, Smart Home, and they had gone and recruited some of us that were from other companies, and I was had I had left Vivent Smart Home and gone and started my own alarm company called uh, EPC. And at EPC, we had, we had just sold it to a company called CPI over on the East Coast in the Carolinas. So as we were waiting for the transaction to happen, the owner, Todd Peterson, gave me a call and said, hey, come join Vivint Solar. So I went and heard the pitch about solar, how it's going to work, and no one had ever sold solar before. So, But they wanted us to come, a few of us to come and manage this company because solar was very unique in that you needed to know how to run a business, like a franchise. You needed to be decentralized. Okay, speaking of military. So we had recruited really hard and we had like 43 reps that were in our New Jersey one office. 
We were the first office that had ever been created, and we were out there hitting it hard. In the month of November, we created 400 accounts. Momentum was on our side, and we were pushing it. Then came the Hilo crash. That following week, we had a snow blizzard that buried us in our customers' roofs in four feet of ice and snow. Since our site surveyors, and these are the guys that hop on the roof and measure the roof to see where the solar panels will go, they got paid per job, and they could only get on their roofs to do their job. So all seven of them left to a competitor who told them they would pay them salary and wait out the storm. Where our company wouldn't, they told them to get on there, shovel the roof, which was crazy, and or else they wouldn't pay them. So they all left. Since we couldn't get our job site surveyed, we couldn't get our engineering designs. And if we couldn't get our engineering designs, we couldn't get our permits. Now, that was important because at the time, the company paid us our upfront commission on our permits. So none of our guys were getting paid. We were stuck. And then the snow kept falling. And the ACs kept coming. We kept pushing and pushing, hoping that the dam would break. And we got to where we were 300 site surveys backed up and our install calendar was booked out for five months, five months. And there we had, we had no operation team. We had no installers, we had no site surveyors and the snow kept falling. So now we're 300 site surveyors back, site surveys backed up. This was like pre permits, right? So it's just a bad situation. Then amongst all this crap that was going on at the work, I personally was playing in a city basketball league and I tore my Achilles tendon. Now I was rushed to the hospital and had surgery and was on crutches for the next three months. So then what happened was I'm sitting there and we had gone and I'd thrown up a ton of accounts, right? And we had all these accounts in the backlog and we had sold a ton and I'm now in the hospital sitting in the hospital bed with this team of guys, of sales guys, and it's snowing and we don't know how to rally them. And I'm the only one that's kind of right, like have the leadership have been through helo crashes before. So I'm trying to rally the guys. Jed had as well, Taylor had with me, but I, I was the leader and I was out of commission in the hospital with a torn Achilles tendon. So on crutches for three months. Then as soon as I'm on my crutches and I can walk around, I am back on people's doorsteps, knocking, selling solar in the snow on crutches. What happened was, is because of the inclement weather and it was negative five degrees and I'm out on crutches, my surgery resulted in a blood clot that landed me back in the hospital for three weeks straight because I was sitting there with a bent, slightly bent leg and the weather got so cold outside, my blood literally clotted and people are like, that's crazy. That doesn't exist. It happened. And I woke up one morning and my foot was engorged and I stood up and I fainted. I woke back up. My foot's, my wife and kids are down in South Carolina where we just sold the business. They're still living there. I'm up there living on a buddy's couch, has the 40 man team. And this is all happening. So I wake up on the couch. I'm on crutches already because I just had my surgery. And then I'd flown to South Carolina for my surgery, flown back, flown to Utah, flown back, which also had something to do with the blood clot. Then I'm on the doors and then it freezes, and then I'm freezing, and then the blood, and all of a sudden, I'm in the hospital for three more weeks. Situation was dismal. With me being gone and out of commission that long, most of our reps felt that it was not a good situation, and they all left for the Orange County team. Bastards. We were in a... My, my, my second cousin managed the Orange County team. What up, Reno? 
family forever. But Reno was managing that team, and he was recruiting guys to go to Orange County. They were sending us pictures of them knocking doors and flip-flops, and here we are in mucklucks and glushes and freezing our butt off. And So anyway, they started showing pictures of the ocean, and it was miserable. So we got down to 18 reps, then 15, then 12. So now all of our team is gone. I'm calling corporate on a daily basis, pleading for assistance, and it felt like no one, looking back on it, no one was even trying to help. Uh, I don't, at that stage of our business, the truth is, I don't think anyone knew how to help. That was the truth. We were such a young company in solar. No one knew anything about solar. We didn't even know what a PTO stood for. We didn't know what a fin. I remember when I called, when we had 700 accounts backlogged, I called corporate and talked to our CRO. And I was like, hey, we need to get these fins turned. He's like, what's a fin? I'm like, I don't know. I just, one of the city members told me we need a fin. We had 700 accounts before we even knew what a fin was. Crazy. But that's startup. That's the startup. That's the world we lived in. That's, that's where we thrive. Helo crashes. So then, abandoning ship was not in me or my squad's DNA. In fact, we had burned our ship. So I got with my eight core leaders, and we decided that we would solve our own problems. Even though the consensus was that these were so out, outside of our control, it was pointless to even try. We drew a circle and we wrote everything down in the circle that we could control and everything that was going wrong was outside of our circle of influence. That is such a helpless position. I remember sitting there and just crying one night. I remember just bawling, thinking like, this is so, you know, this is, this is impossible. Even though that it was out of our control, it wasn't pointless. Regardless, we had come to the realization that if we didn't try and fix it, no one would. So we went out for the next three weeks, and as a sales force, we did our own internal site surveyors, our own internal site surveys, and started to chip away at our own backlog. Since corporate wouldn't send anyone to help us, and we couldn't track the difference between an interior or an exterior survey, some customers were surveyed three to four times. That's crazy. We had a few people that came out to our aid, one of which was named Chris Hansen. And Chris Hansen, shout out to Chris, man. I love Chris. I remember sitting there in the wintertime and Chris was sitting there and the snow was falling and we're all like trying to figure out how to, how to use Dropbox, how to use Google drive. And we were 2014. Some of these things were just new tech and it was really crazy. And these houses were getting surveyed and he was like, well, just do it again, do it again. And Chris continued to push through. So when I left and I started my own alarm or my own solar company, guess who, guess who I had my eye on to come run my operations department. That's right, the man who had been through the original Hilo crash with me. Chris Hansen now runs the operation department here at United Energy. So, no exaggeration, we continued to press on, but we did three or four site surveys per customer's home. It was crazy. For those three weeks, my sales team averaged 53 site surveys that were completed by our sales team a week. I went back and got all the stats in my journal, so these numbers are actually legit. Finally, Ops came to our rescue. They brought six site surveyors who got up on snowy roofs and they did all the external surveys. We decided to scrap internal surveys just to keep good face with the customers. Countless sleepless nights were spent creating spreadsheets and combining and combing through work orders and uploading pictures in a Dropbox, which was another crash and another helo crash in and of itself. But to but to try and account for the work completed, I remember sitting there with my co-manager Jed and just saying. Well, what should we do now? 
And Jed said, well, we should focus on what we do best. Let's go knock. We all agreed. So that week we went out and between the three of us, we created 65 accounts. The remaining team followed our lead. We started competitions. We continued to keep it moving. We had to. We had no other choice. And eventually, as we kept pushing, as we continued to drive forward and just, again, the situation was they were trying to figure out all the situation and getting it, it, it done. We couldn't do anything else. Site surveyors were there kind of trying to catch up. And it was like, what do we do? Well, let's just go sell. Let's go compete. Let's go add more volume to the problem. And people are like, that's crazy. Don't do that. Why would you add more, more you know, accounts to the problem? But let's just go knock because we know how to sell. So we went out and we crushed it. Eventually, in the middle of Q1, the storm stopped. And that's a great, you know, that's a great analogy in and of itself that the storm eventually always stops. But it depends it depends what you did during the storm. Did you sit around and wait around like a dumbass? Did you wait for someone else to come bail you out? Or did you push through and continue to hustle? What did you do during COVID? What did you do during the pandemic? Did you, did you ostrich it? Did you stick your head in the sand and hope someone else would figure it out? Or did you go get it done? That's another helo crash story that we did here at United Energy. Our company at United Energy, when, when COVID hit, we decided, you know, what do we do? We shut down our office. And we, we, we didn't extend our lease in our office space. Said we won't need it because everyone is going back on the doors and we increased our volume by 400%. Shout out United Energy. Shout out my, pos, my partners, Austin Summers and Morgan Torgerson. We, the three of us, went out and we crushed it and turned it and everyone followed suit because of this helo crash that I learned in New Jersey in 2014. The roof's cleared enough, and we started to move our 300 stuck accounts. We now had a five-month backlog of installs and only two crews because the other two had left for a competitor who promised pay salary. Didn't matter at that point. We had already been through the crash. As in all war stories, there is a victor. We decided early on that the victor would be us. The result of that helo crash was that we lost a lot of reps and a lot of customers during that time. But on the flip side, we installed over 300 accounts as a team, and the DMs, our managers, they averaged 41 installs for the remaining three quarters, ranking us second overall in the company behind Long Island, and we etched out with Maryland at the time. So as a side story, I ended up going on a one-on-one competition against my brother, my main man, Mark Toon, and Mark, I ended up beating Mark in a car wars battle. (laughs) And in all crashes, there are always multiple team victories and many personal victories. But Mark, I got you on that one, brother. Funny part was is three years earlier, Mark got me on another competition. So it's, it's, it's all good. And I just wanted to shout out Mark too. Love Mark. Love you, brother. A personal victory for me was that in Q1 of 2014, I created 134 ACs on crutches. After that refiner's fire, the eight core leaders of that office were all turned into straight steel. And they are all now directors, regionals, or CEOs of their own companies. Let me repeat that. Those eight guys, those eight gentlemen that I listed at the very beginning that that stuck it out with me, that stayed through the New Jersey situation, all eight of them are now directors, VPs, 
regionals or CEOs of their own companies. Because through that experience, they were complete. All the dross was burnt out. If you've ever done any metal work, all the stuff, all the impurities was literally burnt through. And so we were just left with straight steel. Those guys, those eight guys were so solid. Everyone else got burnt through. Everyone else weeded themselves out. And those eight guys were so valiant that we were just, we had formed a brotherhood that will never be shaken. Most importantly, we all have this experience to lean on, glean from, and use as the fuel to help us navigate any shitstorm that comes our way. And for that, I'll always love you guys, and I appreciate you for going through that with me. And I love the fact that we can share that story together. As leaders, the easy answer is there are no easy answers. Ben Horowitz from the book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things. A rising tide raises all ships. Real leaders bring everyone up with them. Competition is awesome. Comparison is futile. Elitism is ugly. Unity is synergistic. That's one of my own quotes that I came up during that time. I was going through my journals and I remember writing that. So when looking at any squad that you have, right, you can think to yourself, hey, this team has so much talent in so many areas it's going to be like an Olympic basketball dream team. I love basketball. I love playing basketball, so I compare it to the dream teams. This could be like the 04 Athens team who won bronze, or it could be like the 92 Barcelona team who won gold. Now, if you're not a basketball fan, here's the story. Both teams had amazing all-stars, all Hall of Famers, okay? All professionals, all Olympians, both were predicted to go undefeated and win the gold. What was the difference and if you still don't know what happened, the difference was cohesive unity through a shitstorm, right? Here's the story. In 04, you had leaders that were out for themselves, all wanting to be the stars of the team. Guys wanted to have their own stats. They wanted to be the best because they wanted to really stand out. Versus in 92, you had leaders running their positions and allowing other leaders to take the lead where and when they needed. Guys dropped their pride and learned how to synergize and help their teammates excel. With both teams, it was Always a question of who would take the last shot. They, I remember listening when I was a kid to, hey, who's going to take the last shot? And in 04, the team all said, I will, I will, I will. I remember listening to that. And then I remember thinking about back in 92 when they asked who's going to take the last shot. The response resounding was who's ever feeling it and who's ever in rotation. That's level three leadership versus level five leadership. If you don't know what those are, uh, read some of the content from John Maxwell. 04 was level three, 92 was level five. Whoever is feeling it and who's ever in rotation, that doesn't sound like the superstars, right? Who what superstar says that? Level five leaders do. Now, going to the Olympics is great, and everyone that went probably had an experience of a lifetime. Even if you win a bronze, that's freaking amazing, right? If accomplished, it's something that you would tell your kids about forever, forever and ever. But no one else would even remember your name if you won a bronze. But it's a damn shame because they could have won a gold. They could have been like the 92 team where other people's kids are telling their kids about it forever. And to this day, most of you can tell me the entire roster of the 92 Dream Team and not one of you could tell me more than five players on the 04 Athens team. Think about it. You win bronze, 
in the Olympics, 04 Athens, who was on the team? Do you remember? Do you remember who the college guys were? Do you remember who the starting point guard was? Maybe. What about two two starters? I can't list two starters. Well, yeah, I can. Three. Yep, four. four. But I follow basketball. I don't know, remember more than four players other than I know the age groups. But oh, oh, in 92, you know all of them. Magic, Bird, Malone, Stockton, Jordan, Pippen, Leitner. I mean, you know Robinson, Lajuan. You know these Barkley, Clyde. Like, you know the team. That's like, I just listed the team, right? Like, everyone knows the 92 team. It's the pig versus the chicken analogy, okay? In a bacon and egg breakfast, what's the difference between the chicken and the pig? The chicken is just involved. The pig, the pig is fucking committed. For the bacon and egg breakfast, the pig has to give his all. He has to give all of himself to the cause. He has to sacrifice everything to the greater good. The chicken, the chicken's just along for the ride. It provides something that just comes naturally. He's going to give an egg anyway, no matter what. He just punches the proverbial time clock. We are the pigs. You need to make sure that you find people who are pigs. We give our life for this. We don't lay eggs. We bring home the bacon. Find people who don't lay eggs. Find people who bring home the bacon. I've been a part of multiple teams. I've been a part of many helo crashes. And I'm sure everyone's going through some kind of helo crash now, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's your job, whatever. Everyone's in a helo crash. Now, instead of looking at it like it's a horrible experience, I am so excited for our leaders to navigate and conquer these situations, knowing full well that the outcome will be and allow them to be cut like diamonds. The more of these that you go through, the easier life gets. As leaders, this is great news. Why? Because now when we walk into these offices and we walk into these groups with these team members and these people and you start with and you look at your partners, you ask yourself, you ask the group, hey, who in here has been in a helo crash? And when your partners and when everyone raises their hand in that room and say, you can confidently say, good. I'm with the right group. Let's go. Be proud of your helo crashes. I know I am. I'm proud to be a part of the helo crashes with soldiers who have my back. Proud that I had theirs. Proud that we walked away from the crashes victorious. And if I think back through all the major crashes, we always walk through these crashes victorious and continue to head into battle again and again and again. When the fires go, you say, I have to earn my spot. Every year, every time, every moment I get, people will forget who you are. So the only way that you continue to be relevant is that you go win your battles and you run into the fire because you know when everyone's running away and you run into it, that you can go solve that problem and you can be the leader and the winner and be victorious. So decide, you look at your team and say, Hey, so we've come together. You've pulled some of the top talent. You've got some of your good partners. You've got people to be with. You've created a dream team. Now, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to be 04, be good and be forgotten? Where your kids are the only ones that know you're on the team? 
Or are you going to be 92 and be legendary? Are you going to be the chicken? Are you going to be the pig? Are you going to be the seal that calls it quit after one helo crash? Or uses the wreck as a badge of honor? Are you going to be the guy that decides that the storm is going to send me to California? Or are you going to go hard, snap your Achilles tendon, get out there on crutches, Go create 132 accounts while you're alone and your wife is sending you pictures of your kids that you haven't seen in three months. You're going to hobble from door to door, get a blood clot because you're a pig because you're going to bring home the bacon. And when that storm clears and when the snow stops falling and all that account, all those accounts, all that work that I put in that was backed up, the sun shines. When the sun shines, I am literally putting up records at that company. I remember that corporate had no idea that I was even in the hospital. And I'd set a record for being number two, the number two installer for two quarters. I was only behind some freak of nature guy named John Sanders. Shout out, John. Love you, man. I was the only guy. I was number two behind you. If John hadn't been there, I would have been number one. But I set a record. That's where I earned my stripes at that phase of my life. Is that going to be you? Are you going to call, step to the call? Will you rise to the challenge? Will you stand up and stand out for what you believe in? Will you go bring home the bacon? Will you punch the proverbial time clock and when it's time, when it's okay? Guess what? Everyone would have said, hey, it's okay. If we would have called it quits on that office, Everyone would have uh, understood it was okay to make excuses. Everyone is understanding of excuses. But the difference is, is that when you want to be great, when you want to be phenomenal, when you want to be remembered for time and all eternity in your space, people still talk about the winner of 14. And that New Jersey office and myself and my guys will always be synonymous with being victorious through that moment. And even if other people don't remember, we remember. We know what we did. And we will always have those lessons that we do not quit because on the other side of almost quitting, right at that last moment, right at the moment that you think you're going to quit, right there, when you push through that one last stage, that one last step, boom, you find the prize. You see the miracle. Game on. The choice is yours. The experience is yours alone. It can just be another team of good people, or it can be a ride of a lifetime never to be forgotten. You decide. And as I go through these social media posts, and as I go through watching people who are blaming and saying, pandemic, my job, this, my wife left me, whatever, my dog got shot, as I play that country music in slow motion, and I hear most people's complaints today, man up, woman up, decide that you are the controller of your destiny. You decide how this story gets written. You write the ending. You write the story. Your choices literally will determine how the story ends and how the story goes. You know it's going to be tough, but guess what? Anything in life worth fighting for will require a fight. You are going to have to fight. You just decide the bigger the fight, the bigger the prize. 
The bigger the problem, the bigger the paycheck. The bigger the fire, the faster you run. Because then when you see that fire, when that storm comes, get excited. Because you know what? It's game time. So I kid you not. When, when those problems happen, I get excited because it's, I'm going to create another leader out of this. I'm going to get another guy ready to go be a leader. I am going to go refine myself again because I know what this process does. Other successful people, if they're hearing this, they know what I'm talking about. When that, when that disaster hits, I game on. We got our people. We got our money ready. We're ready to go. When, when COVID hits, boom, how are you going to handle it? As a door-to-door company, how are you going to handle it? My partners, we came together. First thing we did was Hilo crash, fellas. We know what this is about. Let's go. Okay, let's go. We decided we were going to go lead from the front. We were going to go out and knock doors again. And between the three of us, we went and created 50-some-odd accounts that week. And the whole team followed suit. 400x. Crazy. Now, from that moment, our company took and we went and used that proceeds and started our own installation company. Changed the game. That changed the game because how we responded to the problem your response, guess how the same problem was put in front of multiple people. People decided how to respond. The response, the time of response, when there is inefficiency, when there is insecurity, when there is unsurety, you will have a response time. The faster you respond will determine your success. And the way you respond will determine the depth and the height of your success. The deeper the sacrifice, the higher the success. So just be excited for when these moments happen because it is time to rise, step up, take the stripes, smile, boom. Then you write your own paychecks. That's the B print. It's your man, B home, signing off, letting you know. Find the people you want to be in those helo crashes with. Go get the right partners. Go get the right group. Build your team. Be the 92 dream team. Work unity as a cohesive unit and be excited when the disaster happens. And guess what? Find the guys that are running towards that problem because those are the guys you want to be with. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the Doors to Success podcast. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe for more. Visit bholmes.com for more information on how you can join the B-Print.